This is JFM Podcast. Politics determines how much of our desired society we experience. I assure you that we shall do even better. I assure you I will secure the country. Immediately this government came, they took measures, things improved, but it didn't last long and it wasn't sustained. And what has happened thereafter is that things have deteriorated to a level that was inconceivable. From every corner of the world, we bring politics, operations right to your comfort zone, home and abroad. We keep you abreast of everything that relates to decision making and more. The solution is basically that those who are presently in government must listen. They must listen to citizens. They must listen to experts. There is no point in this arrogance. Join the impeccable duo of Ponsak Fanap and Obayemi Akiyode on Nigeria at Sunset. Mondays through Fridays, 5 to 6 p.m. on J101.9 FM. Hello there, very good evening. Welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jos. My name is Ponsak Fanabuwal. A special day, 29th day in the month of November 2021. We're full of thanks. Uh, well, um, what can we say? We give thanks. Despite all the dramas that we are experiencing in life, I mean, uh, life is not expected to be smooth. At times you find it rough, at times you find it uh, smooth, at times it's just easy. And at times it's tough. But the bottom line is that don't ever contemplate giving up. It's not worth it. it it's never worth it. Uh, you need courage to go through life. Okpayami Akinyori is here. Well, the Yaran Oambe, that's what they call it in uh, Ibadan. Proper Oambe, if you know what I mean, with lots of amala and bean soup. And, you know, I said that maybe you should bring the amala. No, I didn't say maybe. I said bring the Oambe food. Yes. <laughs> And then he's here, so and and he didn't. Apparently, he he didn't bring it, so I don't know why. I didn't get the memo on time. Okay, well, I mean, it, it, talking about not giving up, you know, there's there's something very typical of uh, a Nigerian. Even at the age of seventy, you still hear them say it go better. <laughs> uh, in as much as I, I I've I've gradually started moving away from that school of thought, probably you know, a little influence from you about the fact that we need to know that we know we deserve better, well, and having that mentality. Of let's keep pushing through, and that's what I feel. You know, especially the policymakers. Let me just go straight. Maybe the government. I think that's what they take advantage of the fact that Nigerians they have a natural resilient Mm -hmm. spirit. Let's give them all of this policy. They will shout after a week. They will buy it for three hundred eighteen naira. It's enough fuel. They want to drive their cars. Oh, don't worry. They will buy a bag of rice for thirty five thousand. They want to eat Sunday rice. Christmas is coming, Mm -hmm. and I think that's exactly. I mean, in other in other countries, uh, you know, the leadership of those countries are supposed to take advantage advantage of that and give their people you know people friendly policies unlike what we have in this part of the world but hey, we keep going and we hope that you know things just get better by the day it's we're gradually moving to christmas yeah i mean well, before we came on there we were listening to that christmas car and i said now we get money they plan christmas <laughs> 
absolutely true. But you know, it's um, you know, talking about uh, this whole issue of resilience. Nigerians are people that love to show off. So even if it's cause a Nigerian, you know, fifteen naira to buy pure water, he buys it, you know, and shows off. That's what we uh, love to do, you know. Uh, it, yes. sorry, of- sorry, somebody said Nigerians would borrow money to do party. Then they would borrow money to celebrate the success of the party they borrowed money to do. Of course. Of course. <laughs> That's how complex it can be. Of course. Uh, but, you know, yet again, we're calling on the government, you know. Uh, this government, uh, this administration, without any apology to anybody, it's tough to make money and mm. it's tough to spend it. Mm. If you want to spend the money, it's tough. You might just get kidnapped or killed. Mm. Some might just steal you, kidnap you for spending your money the way you want you know to spend the money so it's it's very difficult you know i once had a professor he's a liberian and he said that in africa and you know how liberians you know talk he said in africa it's difficult to find food and it's difficult to extract the food that's why you hear africans you know <laughs> say mm, you know when they are the in the convenience you know <laughs> so you see that is a story we have in africa it's tough to get food and it's tough to uh, let go of the food so uh the buara administration money is difficult to come by and it's difficult to spend what are you gonna do? And they confined you to the thought of the society. Absolutely. Why? Uh, yeah. Yesterday, do? I wanted to come through, you know, the Abuja Kaduna road, and it's interesting to know that none of the cars wanted to pass that route. All of them preferred to go past the other longer trip, and mm. uh, it it gives you a lot to worry about, especially when you when you feel you should have a free society where you can wake up in the morning. I mean, all through last week, whether confirmed or not, we saw a lot of videos. It was almost like a regular thing of Daily you know people being being picked up in cars in their numbers and so even making money you stay in your house you still don't feel safe yeah. you go to your places of worship you still don't feel safe you Absolutely. can't go to farm in your house yeah. you don't feel safe i mean that's the worst of it yeah. you have to provide your own security everybody's almost like you're your own local government chairman now Absolutely. you provide your water you provide security, your security you provide your, your, your health care i mean it's it's yeah. something different yesterday something happened men of the underworld let me use military language right now during the military regime you hear men of the un- or unscrupulous elements, <laughs> the military guys, you know, popularize those phrases uh, in our in our uh, in our vocabulary. The attempted jailbreak, you know, at the Joss Correctional uh, Center is very very worrisome. But do you know why I'm not so worried? They boggle even the presidential villa, the uh, resident of the chief of staff, official resident of the chief of staff of the president, Ibrahim Gambari was Professor Gambari was boggled. NDA was, you know, security was compromised. I was going to say that. That's supposed to be the most secured facility we have in this country. I mean, it's one of the most secure, you know, facility. And if the Asso Rock will be boggled, you know, men of the underworld will be go there and attempt to boggle there, then where is safe? I mean, where is safe again? Let's, let's, let's be very honest. And I'm not going to be surprised if they, I mean, there have been several kidnaps, you know, close to, I mean, just fence of Little House, Little uh, House Rayfield, mm. the government seat of power in Planter State. Nothing, nobody's safe. Absolutely nobody's safe. If people can be picked up, kidnapped, professors, you know, my brother was telling me about a meeting he had with some uh, in his community and, you know, a professor was narrating how he was kidnapped. I said, oh my God, you know... Nobody's safe. Even the politicians that used to think they are safe, no. they are no longer safe. And I, I think it's, it, it takes us back to that, that, that point where uh, when the government would continue to, you know, how they are put now, 
break that social contract that they sign with the citizen. Uh, the, the logic is very clear. If I'm going to be a law-abiding citizen, if I'm going to pay my tax regularly, if I'm going to, you know, observe my civil responsibilities in return for the security of my life and my property, and if the government has failed in that regard, ideally, I mean, if, if you have anything left in honors, unfortunately, people don't resign in this part of the world. We see, you know, public office as an opportunity to enrich our pockets, as an opportunity to intimidate the people around us, the same people you would go and eat corn by the roadside with, the same people that you would go fetch water with, you go eat a malam common with. Once you get into office, I mean, they become, they become, you see them as, as, yeah. as something you can't even relate with. You increase this, the, the, the size, the height of your fence. You buy bulletproof cars. Mm -hmm. The same people you were relating with, they didn't become a threat to your society. It's, 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 it's so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I would say, I would say that, uh, personally, I don't trust politicians. I'm, I'm sorry to say that. I don't trust politicians. I don't trust anybody with power. You know, anybody seeking power, I don't, I have low level of trust, you know, for them. That person can do anything humanly possible. Mm, power corrupts. An absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, so he might, you know, come, eat, like you said, more, you know. Do, uh, I mean, we saw, we saw governors, yeah, the aspirants, they, yeah, they do can, that. You can even enjoy so a bowl of play, They even platin air of, of, of yeah. women. You can even enjoy a bowl of goteino with him or Amora or anything. But as soon as he grabs what he wants, is the dynamic of human beings. He become unaccessible. Absolutely, but... And, and this should be one of the greatest lessons that Nigerians will learn in 2023, if at all we want this country to go forward. And I will never cease to say that democracy is not about leadership. Mm -mm. It is about followership. Mm. That is why it's about the people. Look at the protests just because of vaccination, vaccines in Eastern and Western Europe. They are upturning, you know, society. They are saying that you can't force us, you know, to be vaccinated. It's within, you know, my right to accept to and be vaccinated. And what we have here, we're hearing words that they want to compel civil servants. There are no payments without vaccine. I, okay. Well, let me not go into uh, that. That is a long and interesting argument. We have an insert. Uh, Festus Kiamo, Senior Advocate of Nigeria, Minister for uh, Labor, State right? Minister, Stay, State minister mm. for Labor, you know, saying that the NSAS panel is illegal. Mm. You know, it's constituted by the legal state government, citing all one of... Look, uh, why I'm going to play this is for us to listen to another opinion. Uh, but I really don't understand what he's saying. Is is the uh, technical is jargon for me? If I say jargon, it's not that is. There are specific words, yeah, you know, yeah. peculiar to some profession. It's, it's jargon, so mm. I don't understand. I'm not a lawyer. I don't attempt to be a lawyer even. Uh, but just take a listen. It's a second opinion, very interesting. When we come back, we have an erudite, you know, public intellectual, university don, and a researcher by excellence to help us to understand, you know, uh, what could be the cause of the security compromise at mm. one of the secure precincts in Plato State. Exactly. Stay here. I will not answer this question as a city minister. Um, I will answer this question as a senior advocate of Nigeria, a member of the INABA. Um, and so I'm entitled to my personal opinion. This is not the federal government's position. For me, that panel was an illegal panel. All lawyers who are listening to me should go back and read the Tribunals of Inquiry Act of Lagos State. It says that the, the governor should have, will have power to inquire into the conduct of any person, underline any person, 
and then chieftaincy matters and on and on, and then any other matter within that to promote, you know, uh, for the good of the public. However, any person there was defined in Section 21 to mean public officers of the states. Because when they say any person or any person of the state, within the state, officer of the state, is defined to mean somebody within the public service of Lagos State or of the local government, as the case may be. Then the phrase was used at the end of Section 1. There it says, any matter any matter that they can inquire into any matter. So people now think that to inquire into any matter, it means that you can just be at large. You can be at large. You can inquire into any matter. However, if you look at Section 21 again of the Tribunal of Inquiry Law, it says that it has to be within the legislative competence of Lagos State. The other, the person or the matter must be within the legislative competence of Lagos State. In other words, it is only people over with whom the Lagos State has control that they can inquire into their conduct. If you don't have control over, my, over me, you can't inquire into my conduct. Policemen, the armed forces, military, they are not under, they are not officers of Lagos State. They are officers of the federal government. By virtue of the constitution, it's only the federal government that can control the conduct of policemen. And the military, Lagos State is not, is not in, cannot be in control, yeah. cannot legislate too, regarding police matters and military matters. When you now say any matter, listen, when you say any matter, you cannot then say that you now hide under that phrase of any matter to defeat the original purpose of the law that says do not go beyond the persons over whom you have control. So, when you now say any matter, and in the course of delving into any matter, you now call people and begin to inquire into the conduct of people not under your control, it is illegal. Completely illegal. And no, no paper, no recommendation, nothing can come out of an illegal panel. Nothing. To set up a tribunal of inquiry. Three. By the decision of Fawai Himi and Babangida during the Uta panel, they said it is now the states that have powers to constitute panels of inquiry. Go and look at the terms of reference. Conduct of SARS, conduct of this, the victims of SARS, and the officers of SARS. That okay. is the point they are making so, now that the government did not, the panel did, was not given powers and a mandate to inquire into the conduct of citizens, for example, who are fighting the police. That is what they said. They said that's why they could not indict anybody. That they killed policemen. They, can't, they cut the ground from under their own feet. People said, no, you can't talk about policemen that were killed or military because that was not terms of reference. So you cannot find out those people who perpetrated those offenses. So in other words, your mandate was restricted to only the conduct of the police, not the citizens, not the victims, not the conduct of the victims. The federal government took no direct. When you have power to form those constitute panels of inquiry, under your own law. Can the federal government direct you? Can the federal government give directive to a state to exercise a power the way they should exercise it? No. See, federal government can only settle that panel, for example, in Abuja to, to inquire into the conduct of SAS officers and things that happen within Abuja, but not beyond. To inquire into the conduct of policemen and military, no state government can do that. No state government. It is law. Law is not sentiments. Law is not emotions. Law yeah, well, glad you're still here. That is that was Festus uh, uh, Kiamo, yeah, I see, and uh, Minister State for Labour, uh, saying that 
I mean, uh, he was giving his personal opinion, not uh, exactly saying that that is what the federal government thinks. Uh, yeah, but he's uh, a minister of the federal government. Yeah, but Lai Mohammed has done that on behalf of the federal I government. I mean, I didn't so. know, I did not likely going to tour the part of Lai Mohammed. Oh, I don't know. He's the minister of information and culture. Like I said, I don't know how these things work, you know, but, <laughs> I don't know, but it was good for people to listen to maybe a third opinion mm. because we heard uh, from the Lagos State Panel, we heard, we heard from, from Minister Lai for Mohammed. Information, mm. and right now uh, from Festus Kiamo. Because Jeff, and I believe that we report and then you decide. We have the Erudite Associate Professor Elias Lamley from the Center for Peace and Conflict Studies and um, Erudite, I would say, Public Intellectual. I love, you know, Public Intellectual because they break complex issues in a simple way that even the bricklayer will understand what they are saying. Good evening, Prof, and thank you very much for coming. Good evening, viewer. Well, uh, I know that uh, you were part up by what happened uh, yesterday in, in, in JAWS, but yes. to be very serious, were you surprised? Were you, were you, and if you're surprised, what got you surprised? <laughs> to be candid with you, I'm not surprised. You know why? Because to be exact to you, Nigeria is not even ready for security. Why? Why, why is that? <laughs> Let me tell you, when you say security, the state must be able to stamp itself and make itself known to be above all those who are within the country. But Nigeria as a state is not even stamping itself along that line. For example, the non-security agencies have more equipment in battling than the security agencies do have. I'll give you an example of what happened in Belgium. I gave this before and I'll give it again. A lady was actually doing something that was a little bit of a false fight and she was getting money from people to arrest a single lady, it took over 40 policemen to come in and arrest a girl who was just involved in a 409 issue. By Nigeria, you discover that armed robbers will be fighting and shooting, and then you finally find even a policeman that has a gun that could be equated to, equitable to death. No, but uh, there have been uh, provisions, you know, in billions of naras, you know, to The question is that, uh, Ponsak, is these provisions reaching where it's supposed to reach? Well, I do not. Take an example. Yeah. How many, in that very prison yard of yesterday, how many people there had any equipment that could stand what these other people brought? But wouldn't you say that at least they were repelled, the SLNs were repelled, you they know? They were repelled out of the strength of the people who fought. But look at the people because they had the weapons you know they had the weapons they came with pro, uh, 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 grenade propellers they came and blew off the gate of the present and went in and at that moment how many people were actually on gates to engage them you discover that you could hardly say that there were 10, 20, 30 of the guards on gate to deal with these people. So, Prof, so wouldn't knew. you appreciate the fact that at least those present, uh, I mean, uh, were able to repel this assailant? And, and look those at present actually did all they could with the little that they had, but they were supposed to have better things than they had. Because who is now fighting wars with AK-47, for God's sake? Who is fighting an insurgent just at Boko Haram with AK-47, for, for, for God's sake? Boko Haram is going for sophisticated weapons. The last one I rate was that they actually picked up a weapon that was found only in Israel with the Israeli government, and they saw three of them with bandits. How did they get these equipment? You get me? And, and there are reports that these equipment came in through various means, and some of, the, the, some, of, some of them were known, but who could go and take it away from these people? So the laxity in terms of security is actually completely is known everywhere because the state itself is not ready to equip its own officials and then the officials who are equipped are equipped to wood level 
to the level that they can't the, the, the criminals, the bandits has more equipment to deal with the people than these people's security agencies. In no, fact, I pity them. Yeah, but if you say that, you know, there's lack of equipment, the state governor recently bought, you know, uh, uh, security equipment, what, over one billion uh, narrowed security agents. And let's look at the precinct. You have right, you know, going to the uh, correctional center, yep. you, you find of Operation Safe Heaven, mm -hmm. uh, just by the left side of uh, Hill Station Junction. If you go down further down, maybe state, uh, state, state CID, yeah, you have yeah, you have A Division Police Headquarters. Yes. You have uh, the DSS facility, yes. and then you have you know A Division as well. Then you have uh, the police barracks hmm. uh, around there. But wouldn't you rather say that it could be a probable case of um, a compromise, compromise? You know, on part of you know the bad X, bad elements, you know. Uh, there, I'm not saying that that is it, but I can't imagine with all of this security formation, and then you find uh, somebody with I don't know how they muster the guts, you know, to even attempt to even go there, and how do they even pass, uh, find their way, you know, to that correction? You can't rule that out. You can't rule out the fact that they may be compromised and they may be compromised within the security agencies themselves. But don't forget that we approach what we call the fire brigade approach to every conflict situation. When the conflict is on, everybody is running around helter skelter to try to make things work. But when it comes down, everybody comes down. I discover that the level of alertness that should have been there to take care of these things. I'm not there again because everybody's saying, okay, things are getting better. You know, we don't need to care ourselves again. And look at even the issue of COVID-19. We have a, a variant now and everybody, nobody has masks in Nigeria. So, you see, we are into what we call fire brigade approach to things. It's when they happen that we take steps. But when they are not happening, we don't take steps at all. It's the same thing also that because everybody became laxed, but within the facilities, and, and what time was it? It was on Sunday. Yeah. On Sunday, where do you find these people within all these formations? Mm -hmm. Everybody has gone to eat this food, to eat Amala and, and rice. Like, uh, uh, no, but friend. you don't. You, I mean, as a security personnel, you're always on your feet. You don't rest. Alert. Yeah, you're, you're on alert. Yeah. Should be on alert. So on a weekend is not an excuse. It's not an excuse. Yeah. But then I want to tell that on a weekend people are relaxed. No, no, prof. Um, <laughs> well, let's, I think last week one of the dailies, you know, flew an headline that talked about you know warning for uh, there could be compromise of the security across the federation. And what we saw on the plateau, what was attempted on the plateau yesterday, something that had been done successfully in so many other parts of this country. I mean, especially the eastern part of this country, we've seen military formations, you know, overrun with relative ease. Yes. We've seen police formations. We've seen yes. police barracks in Anambra, in Imo, yes. even the prison. Yep. Even the prison at the city center. Now, should we be worried that all of this, uh, perhaps, is to send panic into the mind of Nigerians ahead of what is going to happen in 2023? Certainly, it should send panic into the minds of Nigerians. It's a psychological warfare. It is meant to make Nigerians believe that nowhere is safe. Nobody is safe. We can reach you anywhere, whoever you are. But the whole thing is that I want to compl compliment that of just prison because they tried. They repelled them. And they were able to deal with those who were within. So I, what I'm saying is that we should be able to equip our security agencies much more than they are today. Look at our security budgets. They are big. But if you go down to the, the, the grass, grass level, you don't see any equipment there. The one billion equipment you talk about, what were they? 
how were they distributed across the state? What's the population size of the, of, the, of the state in contrast to what was given to the people? So if security plays a vital role, because for now, you discover we have a food security issue because security in this country actually has taken over the food issue. Hmm. And so if food actually is important and security needs to be, then we should be able to give the people the security. You see, the unfortunate thing about the government of Nigeria is that we don't do the right things. Government will go about distributing money to people when they're not supposed to. Government is supposed not, not to be distributing money, but government is supposed to do what? To make sure facilities are available, like security, road, and other things. They are leaving the main thing and going to do the things that are not supposed to be done. For example, you say that, okay, you are going to, to flood out petrol, and you're going to bring down the price of petrol, and they are going to give 5,000 naira to people. What is that? What is that? That is stupidity. No, no uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe you need to uh, be careful. No, with no, your prof, prof. You've you've sorry. actually been. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. You've you've been around. I mean, when it comes to security issues and all of that, yeah. peace, conflict. I've read a couple of your work. You know, the one you've authored yourself, the one you've contributed, and all of that. But let me ask you this question: On the spot and direct, are we in a war situation in Nigeria? Yes. Nigeria is in a war situation. Talk to us about it, Prof. Because, you see, the definition of war is that when there are over 1,000 casualties per year, that thing is declared a war. Hmm. In the just war theory, there are things that declare a war. One, when there are more than 1,000 casualties in any conflict situation, it's normal conflict situation, but we are in a war. So Nigeria is in a war. Whether you like it or you don't, we are in a war. Because we have casualties for this conflict are coming in thousands. Yeah, go ahead, Prof. Yeah, go ahead, they're, they're coming in thousands. So what do you expect? It's a war. All right. The amount of people who are killed every day, it's a war. There is brazen move to move from one place to the other to deal with the issues. That's also a war. There's a brazen move to ensure that the people were made psychologically intimidated. It's a war. People are living, sleeping, sleeplessness. We're not sleeping well. Everybody's eyes, one half open and half. You don't know when you can be attacked. If they can attack facilities that already have military formation, and then who are you that doesn't even have anything, not even a bow and arrow in your house? Hmm. When they come, what will you do? You are just nothing. Okay, now, uh, well, as it is now, if, if you say that you are in a war situation, then what should be the priority of the government? Because, I mean, when you and I went to vote, uh, we surrendered as part of our, you know, our rights to the government in return for security of Certainly. lives and properties. Of That's course. a social contract yep. that we signed. But is it safe to say at this point that the government had, you know, failed in its primary responsibility of protecting the lives and property of the people on this indices? Just one is this. Just like you said, there's a psychological challenge that seems to be flying around in the mind that you feel you cannot travel from Sokoto to Katsina, you cannot travel from Lagos to Ibadan, you cannot travel from Kaduna to Abuja. And the second is that even when you make your money, you don't feel safe. Now, where are we as a nation when it comes to the security or the securing of lives and properties of the people? Where are we as a people right now? From my understanding of security architecture of Nigeria, we are at a zero point. Because not even the state house is secured. The correctional facilities are not secured. No one is secured. I mean, if you can talk to, like somebody like Gambari, his own residence is boggled. The Nigerian Defense Academy is boggled. Correctional facilities are boggled. Police stations are boggled. So who is secured? So if you come to talk of the issue of security, we are on a zero level. Because one, there's compromise. Two, there's no equipment. Three, there is lack of even confidence in the securities of personnel because there are many, many instances where securities are the ones even perpetuating some of the conflicts. There are some of them that will say we call them conflict entrepreneurs. So as it is, 
to be tell you the system has failed in terms of providing security for the people. No one, I mean, you talk about going, who even likes to go out by 6 p.m. in the evening? There's no light, nightlife again. Nightlife is gone. We're back to, I mean, when I was living in Europe, for example, it is 12 minutes we go out and we come back by 5, 6. Who dares to go out by 6 p.m. in the first instance? No, 7, no, 8, no, 9, 10. Because you are not, a, you are not sure anybody, someone cannot kill you. And of course, look at the various forms of killings that have been taking place. What has been done about those people that go out to do the killing? Nothing. Nothing has been done. So everybody can walk in, kill, and then feel free. Because that's exactly what is happening today. When you set the commission of inquiries and people are guilty, there should be a move that should make sure that those who are guilty should do some should should, should face a certain degree of punishment. But no punishment is involved involved. People are just allowed to go. People can even take telephones and begin to tell people that look, if you don't move, we're going to do this. And they do it brazenly. So where's the security? Let's talk about funding for the uh, men of the correctional facilities. I mean, we saw jailbreaks in the southwest, in, in the southeast. Uh, it's only the south-south that we didn't report. Uh, there wasn't any report of uh, jailbreaks. And now it's coming to the northern part of the country. What recommendations do you have? I mean, when we talk about funding, I understand that it's only the army that got the larger chunk of funding. The police is still grossly underfunded. I mean, as a uh, commissioner of police, you can't retire with uh, 35 million naira's gratuity, you know, and your pension is, is is nothing to write home about. As even a commissioner, retired commissioner of police, how will you want you know the government to look into internal security of the police force? Uh, and perhaps could it be that because uh, of the uh, fact that the army is fighting an internal external aggressor, that is why the attention of the government is focused on them while neglecting that of you know internal you know security architecture. Talk to us about funding of security uh, uh, police uh, because you know I have lots of police. In fact, I learned that they even buy uniforms themselves. And for me, when I heard that, it, it broke my heart. They can't send their kids to good schools to compete favorably. And you, they can, can't have you need to look at the quality of, of the police, the police staff college, yes, even the police, police. The, the police welfare facilities. Yeah, let's go to the police that. homes. <laughs> I mean, talk of their barracks. You wouldn't yeah, even barracks, want yeah. to go into the police barracks. It's, 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 it's a distaste. They are psychologically beaten down. The police is made to believe that they are nothing in terms of the security architecture. The soldiers are carrying the chunks of everything because they are the ones that have the pipes. They can dictate the tune. Oh. But actually, internal security, I said it somewhere and I'll say it again, that the amount of soldiers we have today, 95% of them should be taken back to police because we have more internal conflict than we have an external conflict. Who are, which nation is aggressing us? No nation is aggressing us. We have Boko Haram, for Boko Haram itself is it a country of its own? No, it's still within Nigeria. You have bandits that they call. Bandits are coming from nowhere. They are from Nigeria. They are still so. This, these are internal securities. So we should have more policemen. The the policemen who are supposed to, they should be more policemen and they should be more much more equipped. I gave you an example of a girl to be arrested. Over 30, 40 policemen came. That shows type of force. So whoever goes there and sees the type kind of force that was shown there will know that the police are there. But then tell the policeman to go and arrest today and one of the policemen will carry a button. He might even carry an AK-47 <laughs> that has no bullet inside. Or you may carry, and interestingly, it's so psychologically so intimidating. Look at, they will carry this uh, cannon, this uh, uh, anti tear gas can, tear gas can yeah. and you'll see them carrying and not even one tear gas can on their bodies. 
because why they are grossly underfunded the police should be the main the police the civil defense then the 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 contemporary uh, uh structure of the of the of the civil uh, what do you call in this this community policing yeah community. these are the people that should be funded well at this time the army itself is not having any external aggression we're having internal aggression and the aggression should be faced along that line so the police who are made to deal with civil issues because these are civil yes bandits of boko haram and the other bandits are strong and they should be faced by the army is true but then look at it most of them come to experiment their issues in the civil society mm. where the police are supposed to be the ones in control not the soldiers so you discover that to equip the soldiers as against the police is a misnomer rather the police should be the ones that should be equipped with enough equipped and then let me tell you interestingly that you pick up these bandits who are well equipped and you take them to correctional facilities which are under under uh, uh, underfunded which do not have equipment to deal with them and then you want them to now defend these people who were soldiers are meeting in the bush with millions and millions and then you give the police some the the, the, the correctional facilities some little chunk and you want them to defend the correctional facilities just people tried the people they are trying and they are trying their best but they can't go beyond what they have prof you mentioned community policy now yes. and that's exactly one area i've been waiting for now one of the biggest fear of you know the people that are guilty against community policing is that they could be hijacked by the state machinery for instance maybe governors can use them you know during elections and all of that but as it is now how dearly or let me let me use this one because if you look around we have you know uh, these local vigilantes we have the community policing a lot of them are already you know getting involved with the police activists and all of that but how much do we need community policing at the moment right now you just talk, you just advocated for more funding for police so how much do we need community policing at we the need moment? a lot of community policing because the issue of abuse it doesn't mean because somebody takes his car and crush it it means that i will not be able to drive mine no mm. for the fact that people are misusing their security facilities Facilities. Even as now, many governors are using the police forces for their own clandestine moves. The federal is used, might sometimes use these police forces. So the issue of community policing is the decentralization of power from the central structure to a much more less uh, amiable, where we can have people reporting from all sides of the story. If, for example, community policing is actually has to do with the people around the community, and if there's an issue in the community and the police are not able to report, then of course they will be able to identify who the 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 the, the culprits are. Mm. I remember we had a conference in Mezuba, that is uh, Abdusalam Abubakar Center, and one of the things we advocated after we brought all the leaders of all these bandits, this this band is there, we advocated from our out, out from our research was that what we what we we, we actually came up we advocated that the community leaders should be held responsible for conflict within their community. These community leaders should be given capacity to know who and who, because if something happens within the community, the community policing will be able to fetch out and gather more information because they live with the people. Mm. So there, there is not just a matter of facility of getting them to have arms and whatever. It's a facility for information gathering. It can also be very important because as a researcher, one of the most important instruments we ever need to gather is to gather information through using the community. The, the community. And the community police can stand that as a very important paradigm. Secondly, they will be there to mark any conflict that will come up. They will take steps to neutralize the available conflict that will come up before they bring up any force. You can't move people from just down to community like Akwanga, for example, to make a move there when there are community policing there. They will start up, then the people of Akwanga will, will just will come and, and help them. So community policing will meet the demand of the community as well as mobilize others to come from different other places to come and help. So there is a need for community policing and it should be given a great 
opportunity to stand on governors will misuse it just like we misuse every other thing in nigeria governors will misuse it but does that stop us from having it no now you mentioned information gathering mm-hmm. and um uh, maybe we should ask ourselves these fundamental questions uh the the proposed budget for this year had huge chunk i really can't remember the exact figure but i'm sure i'll get it before tomorrow you know that is being moved to uh, you know for intelligence gathering now what happened yesterday the attempted jailbreaking just yesterday if we had a structured intelligence gathering network could that have been avoided or perhaps course, prevented it could, have, it could have been avoided it could have been prevented because they could have had insight into what was going to happen how it's going to happen and who was going to take place to what was going to happen and what every, in fact even the timing if there was effective community policing if there was effective information gathering if there was effective uh, intelligence move then they could have had an insight into everything that's happening because these people communicate with what they communicate through these facilities mm. radios television uh, mobile, phones. mobile phones and a lot of other facilities which can be intercepted by by a good uh, information gathering system but prof on the other hand you know have you considered that maybe uh some of the technology that uh, the state actors that is security agencies use may be outdated because of course we're talking about you know funding you've, you've taken us back to where i said they're not well equipped. Hmm. They're not well equipped at all to inside. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you're supposed to. But should to have the state it. government, you know, uh, be interested in saying, okay, uh, because one thing, the pattern that I see, you know, with state government is they think that funding security is just buying vehicles, motorcycles, and things for them. That while is forgetting that there's technology uh, that has to be used. Will you recommend that, you know, is that something, do you think that is a great idea? Technology plays a vital role. Let me tell you, for example, common. I mean, you to launch a, a what do you call these things that fly in the air now? That drone, drone, drones. A drone of just how much will it take to be able to monitor the whole of Joss? It's not going to take much. Even if you get drones of about ten million, it can monitor every movement within Joss, and you will know what's happening. I'll give you an example. I'm here in Joss. I have a CCTV in my house in the village. I can tell what is happening within my house because everything that happens within my house is is monitored. Twenty drones in Joss can keep a gathered information on what's happening. We just it, it will not take much to get things down. So all these things is because the interest of the state in securing its people is not there. The, the soldiers, I mean, they, they, unfortunately, the police think that, I mean, the, the governors think that when you buy a, a lot of, go, of, of vehicles, you give them, and they are able to rally around, they see the vehicles, that's security. It's not security. Security is the capacity to engage the enemy when he comes. And then the capacity to neutralize when even before it arrives. So they are supposed to not only gather all these things, but make sure available information is transplanted between the state, the CIDs, and all other organizations down to, to the government and down to the, the, the security agencies. All right. Well, in case you're just tuning in, we've been having a chat, very interesting conversation with the professor uh, Elias Lamle from the University from the Center for Peace and Conflict Studies, uh, University of Jos, an erudite public intellectual and uh, research and scholar as well. Uh, he's able us to understand and grapple with the issue, the attempted jailbreak at the Jos Correctional Center yesterday by Asalant. But we're so thankful that uh, uh, our security men and women as well repel them. Uh, this part 
like the fact that you know um, they gain entrance but they were locked inside and they were repelled so we're so thankful for that. Uh, well, the official number of casualty, although I hate reporting that, it is reported like nine or seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I don't like I don't like the politics of uh, numbers. It doesn't mean, but uh, there are casualties. And our heart and prayers goes to uh, the men the, that is our men, the good guys now, uh, who sustain gunshot uh, wounds. wounds. And we're mm-hmm. calling on the state government to uh, come to their aid. You know, to support them, pay their medical bills. Uh, uh, and see to it that they are well and they go back to their uh, job. Zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight, or you call zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine. Before you call, you have to turn down the volume of your radio, or you turn it off completely, and then you tell us your name and where you're calling from. Both lines are up and running. Okpe will give us the Facebook address. Yeah, facebook.com dot first like JFM, and you can also go to JTV Live on YouTube. I was streaming, and you can see everything that is going on in the studio so zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine or zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight let's take the first call hello and good evening hello hello good evening mr Bonsat. thank you for calling tell us the name join the conversation sir yeah, my name is solomon i'm calling from jude get four oh we're listening uh thank you very much honestly you have paid my mind just as you say, I don't trust politicians. They can do anything that you will not believe, honestly. What's happening in this country, what is happening in this country, honestly, is, is really something that is, is really disturbing us. And we pray that God will do his work. If not that, honestly, nobody is safe in this country. Have a nice day and continue to tell people the truth, no matter the, the challenges. Thank you. you. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, thank you. 90 988 Hello, good evening. Okay, oh, we've got a jam call there. 90 988 Hello there, good evening. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling. Uh, tell us the name, please. Join the conversation. Thank you. I am coming. I don't Antiba Solomon. I'm calling from Anguaru Kuba this evening. We're listening. Thank you. I love what the guest is saying. You said something that I'm very interested in. That we are into war in this country. Nigeria is into war. Very clear. Just that uh, if we close our eye, we can see. But once we open our eye, we can see very clear. The attack on various attacks on the very sensitive areas of security position, it is becoming a, a very serious issue in this country. And every Nigerian, I want to appeal to every Nigerian to open our eyes and see what is happening. We are into war in this country. Imagine the attack on the prison service here in the plateau. To me, honestly, we are not safe individually. We are not safe. And once I say that everybody should defend himself, do what all what you can to defend yourself, defend your family. They will say that we've said uh, it is a uh, speech. I hate speech, I mean. So that's what it means. That these criminals, terrorists, enter the city, the town. That place is like the, like the heart of Plateau State. How do they come in? I would have liked to applaud the effort of the security men, but up to now, they should double their effort 
This is a city. How did these people even come in? We have, we have NS. We have, the federal government have told us that terrorists are not Nigerian. And this same federal government tells us that the border is closed. Where are this set of people coming from, Ponsato? Perfect. Are we saying this country? For God's sake, let me tell you this. Every individual should wake up and defend yourself. Whatever you have, use it very diligently to defend yourself and your family. We are not safe under the Buhari-led administration. This is a war. This is a war. May God help us. What we want is unity in this country. One Nigeria is our priority. The intent of government is to protect the land, uh, to defend Nigeria, uh, and, to, and, and, uh, and to protect Nigerians. But we are no longer safe in Nigeria under the Buhari-led administration. May God help this country. We, we, we are in, we are seriously in problems. Honestly. You don't say, just, that place is a city. Thank you. Thank you. This is a much we take. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a much we take. Uh, 0909884 uh, Well, I just got a breaking story right now that um, about 256 prisoners have been declared missing or they escaped. Okay, they've been declared missing or they escape. Hello and good evening. Good evening, Pastor Thank you for calling. Tell us your name, please. Lawrence Rapido. We're listening. That my, 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 my take on this issue is just like what we're trying to show the whole world how, how porous the country is. Because the attack on the, the correction center has shown with other incidents that happened that show that we're not secure in this country. Hello? Hello, are you there? Hello? We can we can hear you. Go ahead. We're listening. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. If that is your comment, thank you. Yeah, well zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight or you call zero nine zero five five uh six 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 nine nine. Before calling, uh tell us your name and where you are calling. Turn down the volume of your radio rather. Hi there, good evening, thank you for calling. Hello, good evening. Thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Kumar. I'm calling from Teacher and T-Junction. Go ahead, we're listening, sir. Yes, I will start by the comment of Festus Kiamos. It is very, very unfortunate that he is labeling the illegality of the panel set by the Lagos State government. So if the government will not stand for the people and the federal government are denying, so what are we saying? This is very, very unfortunate. Coming to this attack that happened, it is very, very unfortunate that in the middle of Plateau State, see how this correctional center is surrounded by headquarters of our security. That to say that there is a sabotage in the process because I found out that inside the prisoners, some are using phones. And again, when the attack have happened, you will see that the videos that have been shown the our security for them to have the experience to enter inside. They are asking who will lead who, who are going to lead. They have to say that they don't have the experience and they don't have the enough weapons to do that. They have to say that the government has to wake up to do uh, uh, some activities because all of these prisoners that have been kept there, some have been kept for a very long time, some have been kept on a waiting trial for a very long time, but there is no justice to them. They have to say that the government has to do a lot in terms of the security that we are having. Our security is at fault. If the prison at the middle of all these kind of headquarters that are surrounded will be attacked, that's nowhere is safe in Plateau State. 
that teacher that the plantation government have to collaborate to create this community police as you said is something that is very very important. No matter thank you, Sadiq. Thank you. There's much to take. Thank you. Sincere thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Prof, uh, let's talk about the inspiration behind uh, even those who came to attempt to uh, break. Uh, uh, could it be that delayance of justice, uh, administration of justice, could have served as its inspiration? Because, like Sadiq was raising a very pertinent point, um, that th- some people are wallowing behind bars awaiting trial you know and some people is uh they're in remand you know for example and some people are serving you know their time talk to us about decongesting the prison and you know because this is not the first time we've had this in this country and the inspiration behind it what could be what could have inspired those who uh came with arms and you know wanting to i don't know what their intention is now right right now well, you cannot tell their intentions at all. But you see, correctional facilities are not supposed to be centers where people are placed under the contemporary cost situations that our prisoners are found. You discover that if you go and look at how the prisoners are congested, how they are in terrible situation in the country, you know that there's a problem. I, 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 I have school in Belgium where there are... I'll make, let me make that comparison. There are prison yards. In Belgium, prisoners are not permitted to, to work at all they don't even go out to work what they do is they stay in their facility their television they have radio they have every facility every person has you can school in that place and reach to your own level that you want so the essence of a cultural facility is to make you understand that what you did is wrong to restrict the person away from the society they don't become they're not the worst criminals we have we have many of them on this in the streets we have ballpen robbers who are all over the streets we have armed robbers who are still all over the streets but you see our correctional facilities are terrible and then at the same time the system of justice because neglect is given to the fact that we need more judges more courts and then we need to facilitate the movement of justice at a faster period much faster than it's supposed to be now a lot of people are languishing in prison above all these things there's this part of the psychological intimidation which those who came came with it to intimidate the society of just to know that hey if correctional facilities which have people who are guarding it are not safe who are you that you think you can be safe in other words when people are beaten psychologically they can give in when it is time for whatever whoever is planning whatever to be to do in just all right well now let me let me say something about the issue of when people are talking about uh, the, the the issue of war i say that based on the just war theory we're in a war and that is an international theory that is accepted by the United Nations and subsequently by, by all other organizations. Once you have more than 1,000 deaths in a situation, in a conflict situation, that is what? War. So we are in a war. All right. Well, Okpemi will take us through Facebook. Well, loads of messages. Um, and by the way, uh, I, I don't know if you can attempt uh, the comments on the uh, you know live uh, stream, bro- yeah. live stream platform. Yeah. We have almost thirty comments there as well. Uh, from Senator Dogo Nangzim, he says, "The more the government spends on security, the more it gets worse." Uh, Lalong said he spent over one billion naira, and barely a week later, a land was attacked. Meanwhile, we have a Shegumi who is a known okay. 
I, I, I will leave your message there. Uh, President Joseph Melumo says uh, many prisons were closed in Holland due to zero crime rate, but in Nigeria we are building more prisons due to higher rates of crime. Until perpetrators of crime are being punished instead of being pampered, the rate of crime and criminality will be on the increase in Nigeria. Sadi Kumar says our securities are not well equipped with adequate arms. They also lack security intelligence to perform their work. The correctional center that is in the means of our security headquarters will be broken and none of the attackers have been arrested. What is wrong with this country? I did like Baby account on Facebook says I must commend the security operative for their sweet response to the correction center yesterday. I wait to hear the good news about the arrest of the unknown gunman. MC Buzzy Comedian says I want to commend the effort of the security operatives. They tried. They shouldn't be a surprise to us because Nigeria as a whole is in a very critical situation at the moment due to the bad nature of our leaders that we have in this country. Uh, we'll have to cut some messages. Long one. Falcoca Factors go on says uh, this is surprising with uh, where the correctional center is located the armed men can come to free their colleagues i can't trust our securities and the government any longer albert akaya dagza says i commend all the security agencies for their swift action in repelling this attack i suggest a thorough investigation be carried out concerning this attack on the correctional center i feel there is more to this than me the eye okay John Agnes on Facebook says, To be honest, I don't think we're safe any longer in this country, especially your city. I'm still imagining and surprised how they entered the prison. Well, may God help us in this cruel era. Dimas Bala, we are the mercies of God in this country. Bandits are not afraid of anybody. I don't think even the military personnel. I wonder the kind of confidence these people have to the extent of coming to the city center trying to free prisoners. What a confidence. Azare Timnan Labar says, a Prof, you've spoken well. Let the government equip all the security apparatus. If just which is the umbilical cord of the state, can come under attack yesterday, they were in total trouble in this state. Uh, it's no longer an attempted jailbreak. Uh, when about 255 inmates are still on the run. That is from Lawal Abdul Latif. Moses Anthony on Facebook says, uh, this is where we find ourselves. We're so stuck up in a society where people can no longer be identified by their names except by numbers. And to all those involved in these wicked acts, there's certainly going to be an end to all of this madness. Stay safe, please. That beats Patrick Tongret on Facebook says, Nigeria, my country. This is not giving citizens hope to live in the country again. Even a broad daylight, such thing can happen close to the police barracks in the city of Joss. Then the security architecture needs a total restructuring. God bless my country. Erkana Moses on Facebook says, The location of the Joss prison is surprising of being attacked by gunmen. It's quite unfortunate that this administration has failed in protecting its citizens. The primary duty of the federal government is to protect the citizens' lives. But this so-called administration didn't care because they are out there for their selfish interests with the hashtag we must do better uh david king dong on facebook says they probably have a mole inside yp gram uh the system in this country is unlivable to anything can happen they can just say it out and the ones protecting us are the same ones attacking us one day our eyes would open timothy danladi says the level of security vigilance in this country is very poor sometimes it's not just investing on the weapons alone but on the welfare of the security personnel nobody wants to die to allow his family to suffer because the government would not take care of them. Uh, I, I wish we could take yeah, all we of have these lots of comments, but Prof, we'll really appreciate uh, if you give us your final word on the show uh, tonight. Your final thoughts. Well, 
To my understanding, I want you to know one thing. There's one thing I want to clear with the public. The fact is that, yes, the prison security, prison yard is actually located within the complaints of many other security agencies. But I want to say this, it's not because there's an attack on the prison yard so the police will marshal out, the DSS will marshal out. It doesn't work like that because there are police formations, there are uh, command formations, there are so many things that will take place. But that the, our, our prison officers were able to make a move that negated those things is a commendable issue. Just people don't mind. It's a matter of fact that apart from the fact that everybody can do what he can do, there is a God that controls this life. And I'm telling you whether you like it or not, at the right time you will be exposed and things will be okay. So don't be too scared. Sleep and believe. Trust in God because yes, he is there. Keep your one eye closed praying and keep the other eye open looking. <laughs> That's very important. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much, uh, Professor Elias Lamley from the uh, Center for Peace and Conflict Studies, University of Jos. Thank you very much for your great insight, uh, insight on the show tonight. And Okwami, your final word? Well, I mean, it's, it's always a pleasure when you get to have conversation with Prof. Uh, it's something I enjoyed for two years, being my lecturer during the Masters. Uh, but the truth is this. Um, if what is happening does not get you worried, then it, it probably feels that maybe you're not living in this country because what we're experiencing in here is what the people in the southeast experience almost on daily basis. I mean, divisional police headquarters get overrun with relative ease, police formations, even the prison and the barracks. And I think, just like Prof said, it's a psychological warfare against the good people of Nigeria and would win it. But we need to be sincere with our intentions. Because I recall the start of this year, we talked about the government being sincere with whatever policies they're bringing to the table, and we're still trying to hold the government accountable. The truth is this I went in a very serious situation and the government needs to come out and help people because at this point it's almost like we're at our own our own mercy yeah well uh we want to send our sincere condolence to the family of barrister honorable the late barrister honorable henry longs uh who departed this wall to the great beyond yesterday uh, yeah he was a member representing pension south state constituency we pray that god is going to give the family the fortitude to bear this loss and indeed um, everyone uh, especially plan to state I can't imagine, I spoke with him last week on coming on the show and he said that uh, he's sick that he's down that uh, if he gets well he assured me that he's going to come I said okay no problem I wish you well uh, just for me to hear that uh, yesterday he's gone so uh, I mean that is a story of life except our deepest condolences this is the much we'll take on the show tonight. Have a very good evening. Stay tuned to the news top of the hour, 6 o'clock. Bye now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcasts. 